Welcome back to Brojo Online. Today we're going to be exploring minimalism. It's a new philosophical perspective on life that looks at putting down our attachment to possessions and things and prioritizing experiences, connections, and time over things. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Munro. I first came to learn about minimalism through the documentary on Netflix by Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. They're kind of the, they're not the pioneers of minimalism necessarily, but they're certainly the face of it and the ones promoting it most heavily. They've in fact dedicated their lives to promoting it and you can check them out on minimalism.com. And for those of you who haven't heard of minimalism before, It is what it sounds like. It's about being as minimal as possible, particularly in reference to possessions, but I'm going to take it even further today to talk about the other things you need to let go of. Now, people often think it's about having no possessions and not having a job and basically being a kind of hippie that uh, doesn't do anything committed in his life and doesn't own anything. But what it's really about is just not having attachment to possessions. And some other things I'll talk about today. So it's not about the possessions themselves. It's about our attachment to them. The psychological link we have with possessions. Joshua and Ryan put it like this. Minimalism is a tool that can assist you in finding freedom. Freedom from fear. Freedom from worry. Freedom from overwhelm. Freedom from guilt. Freedom from depression. Freedom from the trappings of the consumer culture we've built our lives around real freedom. And while minimalism is really focused on consumerism, the kind of culture of buying stuff and keeping stuff and producing stuff and selling stuff and stuff, 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 I want to take it even further today, talk about the other things you develop attachment to and why this is not working for you, why minimalism or the concept of being minimalist, both in psychology and in terms of your physical environment, is the best thing you can do for your confidence. See, with consumer culture, and you can see this everywhere when you look around, we've become a global nation now that has started to mistake resources and possessions as being meaningful. We've started to attach a lot of meaning to things that do exist but are neutral, like your car or your house or your stuff that you have in your home. And also attaching a lot of meaning to things that don't even exist, like money and borders for countries, these imaginary things. There are some people that, for example, are so obsessed with wealth, with money, that it dominates every decision they make, and yet there is really no such thing as money. Money is just a marker, it's just an agreement between people. A $20 note isn't actually worth $20, it's just a piece of waxy paper The money side of it, the thing that we say, this is worth $20, that's just an agreement. That's just in our heads. No money is actually valuable in and of itself. So minimalism is about correcting this mistake of prioritization. Instead of attaching meaning to resources and possessions and imaginary things, attaching meaning to what really matters in life, the things that are scientifically proven, if you want, to give you a good, meaningful, rich, happy life. The trouble is, of course, we've seen a lot of research now to show that being attached to possessions and money and things that don't matter leads to misery, depression, chronic anxiety, 
social anxiety, on and on and on it goes. Whereas if you are attached to the right things to be attached to, you can have a wonderful life and feel like you're fully in control of it. But what are these different things? When I say being attached to resources, so being attached to the things that get you to other things, I mean things like money. I mean stuff. Okay. So if you have a special coffee mug that you always have your coffee with, and you'd be heartbroken if that mug was to go missing or get destroyed, that's attachment to a thing. Even having sentimental value placed on an inanimate object, that is materialism, that's an emotional attachment to a thing. Property, believing that you own a piece of land, that it is yours, and you'd be distraught if someone was to take it from you, or trespass on it. Being attached to location, like thinking, like nationalism, thinking, you know, I'm a New Zealander, I'm from New Zealand, and being really attached to being from New Zealand. So I'm attached to a location, when in reality it's just a piece of dirt, and the whole earth is just a piece of dirt. Even being attached to goals, thinking I must become a lawyer, even though that might be many years away, and you could change significantly, you might want something different by then, but being so attached to it that even if you want something different, you keep pursuing it. Money, things, property, location, goals, other things of that nature. This is what I mean by materialism, being attached to these quantitative things that may not actually have any qualitative value. They are not inherently valuable by themselves. You have to attach to them for them to be valuable. Whereas meaningful things are the things that actually matter. The things that matter for your life. Your health relationships or should I say connections because you can become attached to a relationship without it being good for you but a connection a deep sense of meaningful connection with someone your values principles morals time the mission that you're here to serve on this world these are things that if you attach to them your quality of life goes up if you're attached to for example building great connections while living by your values building confidence in order to serve a higher purpose, a mission that you're on, you can expect to have a pretty rich, rewarding, meaningful life. Whereas if you're just attached to lots of money so you can buy lots of stuff so that you can be the richest guy ever, you're probably going to be at least psychologically quite miserable. Unless you're psychopathic. So minimalism is about prioritizing meaning over possession. In fact, sacrificing possessions and resources to find meaning. A minimalist will spend money to make their life more meaningful, whereas a materialist will try to make money to make their life more meaningful. Minimalism is the antithesis of materialism. It's the opposite, essentially. While we might need a small amount of resources to live, and trust me, you don't need very much at all. The bare basics of shelter, food and water is all you actually need. Materialism is learned to think you need more than the bare basics is something you learned. When you were a baby, you knew the core principle of minimalism. You just wanted to feel comfortable, and you wanted to not be abandoned, and you wanted to eat, and you wanted to sleep. And everything else was sort of fun, extra. You just played the rest of the time. A baby really, in a pure way, lives by the philosophy of minimalism. Becoming attached to doing well at school, becoming attached to your first car, becoming attached to making money, becoming attached to popularity, 
You learned all of that. You didn't give a shit about that stuff when you were a baby. You went from someone who knew what the bare basics were and what was really important. You knew that connections and relationships were important. You knew that playing was important. You knew that learning was important. But so often that same baby grows into an adult who cares about their car and worries about their mortgage and tries to own more than his neighbor and tries to dress cooler than his friends and has no meaning left. Just this endless hungry pursuit to possess more. And that hunger destroys them. And I I was like this for a very long time, you know. It used to be like if I found there was a scratch on my car, it would wreck my day. When I was a teenager and a young child, I used to collect rugby league cards. They're sort of collectibles that they have for most sports. And if somebody bent the card or damaged the corner of it and reduced its so-called value, I'd be gutted. Or if I lost a card or I, I got done over in a bad trade, absolutely heartbroken over these pieces of cardboard that I've since completely forgotten about. Just reminded me of them now. I wonder how much they're worth. I have to look it up. <laughs> I used to never throw away clothes. I just had like 90% of my wardrobe was unworn, but I always thought oh, I might one day want it. So I'd keep them and just have this clutter everywhere. I would struggle to burn bridges. I tried to keep all my opportunities open all the time. I never really went all in on anything. I tried to kind of spin the plates, careers, friendships, hobbies, whatever it was, I had a lot of stuff going in a mediocre way rather than doing anything excellent. I did everything kind of half-assed so that I could do everything. I'd avoid rejection. I'd never go in so far as to take a risk so that I couldn't lose anything. I was very attached, you see. I just, I couldn't let things go. And more than just things, you know, I had ideas like, I wanted to be a certain thing, and I just couldn't let that go. I thought, I had to go to university. I couldn't let that go, even though I didn't really want to go. Now, I'm glad I went in the end, because I discovered psychology, but I wasn't going there for psychology. I was going there to just do university, because everyone said I should. I was attached to getting everyone's approval. There's just a theme in my early life of just constant attachment, emotional attachment to things that One, were out of my control, and two, most importantly, I didn't need them. I didn't even know why I wanted them in the first place. Not really. I thought I knew, but since then I've discovered that, of course, the reason I really wanted those things was because I was needy and afraid and insecure. And even to this day, I'm not perfect. I still spread myself too thin, doing too many projects at once, rather than just focusing on one thing and doing it well. I've got that kind of fear of missing out or... Maybe the fear of choosing the wrong thing to invest in. I'm much better with that now. But I've still got elements of this coming through and maybe I'll always have little bits of it throughout my life. But I'll tell you what's since changed. You scratch my car now, I don't give a fuck. If you break something of mine, I really don't care unless I really need that thing right now. Like if you destroyed my computer, that would annoy me. Mostly because of the hassle of finding a new computer and trying to recover my files. And I use my computer a lot for work. But it wouldn't destroy me like it used to. In fact, I'd just quickly go and find my laptop as my backup and just get to work. As long as I could keep working and doing the thing that's important to me, the computer's kind of not that big a deal. If I lose something, I barely even notice. I've probably lost like 10 things this week and I don't even know what they are or care about them. My favorite show ends, you know, my girlfriend and I just had a big talk about, my wife, sorry, my wife and I just had a big talk 
about how our favourite show MasterChef is coming to an end, and the uh, our MasterChef Australia and the, and the judges that we love are quitting, and I'm able to quickly move on from that. Whereas that kind of thing used to used to be gutted. Like when The Sopranos ended, I was distraught. You know, like oh, what am I going to watch now? It's all over. I was just so attached to things staying, keeping them, owning them, possessing them. These days, I don't collect anything. I have no collections anymore, no compulsion to collect or hoard. In fact, I, I tend to get annoyed now if we start accumulating too much stuff, because I just think, ah, oh, if we have to move, we've got all the shit in the way, and I don't need any of this shit. I'm just constantly looking for an opportunity to get rid of something. I've moved from, like, solid books to reading everything on Kindle. I'm much more in favor of travel over things. I'd rather experience something than have something. My clothes are crappy. I wear them to death. My girlfriend has to like force me to buy fancy new stuff because I'd rather just exhaust something rather than keep adding stuff to my wardrobe. Even like, okay, this is a little bit gross, but I have a kind of a sinus problem, an allergy thing, and I take a spray for it and it stops me from having a runny nose, but it means that I get boogers all the time and I have to kind of pick them out. And so I've got this, <laughs> this is so yuck. I've got this tissue that I always keep in front of me in case I need to, like, pick something out of my nose. I, I do it with a tissue. And what will happen is I'll just keep folding the tissue until I've fully used it up. Like, I won't use a separate tissue each time. I'll make a tissue last a week, even though I have to pick stuff out of my nose all week. Like, I'm so used to just maxing something out rather than consuming a lot of things. I'll take one thing and I'll use it to the death. Whether it's a tissue or clothing or a car... You know, I don't like to accumulate stuff. I want to squeeze all the resource out of something, make sure it's all used up before I get anything new. Whereas in the past, if something got a little bit faded or jaded, I'd be looking for an upgrade. You know, I've had the same phone for like three years now, and until that thing can't work anymore, I'm going to keep it. I store everything that matters to me digitally. I don't have big photo albums, or I probably do, but I don't want them keep all my photos online, I keep my important files online, I use the cloud like crazy, I want to take up as little physical space as possible. And if things have sentimental value to me, most of the time they're things that can be kept online. There are no physical objects that really have any sentimental value to me anymore. The closest thing would be photographs, but we can keep those online now. And I just like photographs because my memory sucks. Minimalism is not new. Minimalism comes from many ancient philosophies. You can see elements of it in all the great philosophies. Stoicism talks about it a lot. It's one of probably my favorite philosophy. This kind of idea that deprivation is the key to enjoyment of life. Holding back on your desires. Not trying to get the instant reward, but rather delaying gratification. That's really strong throughout Stoicism and many other long-lasting philosophies from very smart people. It's kind of less is more thing. And the idea that there's actually a kind of pleasure in having the discipline to deprive yourself of pleasure. It's kind of the opposite of Epicureanism, which is about the pursuit of pleasure, or Hedonism, which is about the pursuit of feeling good. Stoicism and other philosophies understand that it's being able to control yourself, to let go of things, to not be attached. That's where the real pleasure lies. Buddhism. The core tenet of Buddhism is really that attachment is suffering. That nothing in life hurts us, it's what we're attached to that hurts us. 
that all of our pain is attachment, that theoretically someone without attachment would be without suffering. And I absolutely agree with that. Even Crocodile Dundee, this is, you know, <laughs> I think this is might be where it started for me. Crocodile Dundee, for those of you who don't know, which means I'm fucking old now. Australian, iconic Australian movie uh, about an outback guy who wrestled crocs and got the girl and he was just a general hard man with a good sense of humour. There's this one bit, and I, I won't quote it exactly because I can't remember it exactly, where somebody was asking him about possession. Oh, I think somebody was asking him about the conflict between Aboriginal Australians and the, and the settlers. And Crocodile Dundee says something like, You see that rock over there? It was here millions of years before we arrived. It'll be there millions of years after we're gone. I think arguing over who owns it is a bit ridiculous. And for me, this is the at the heart of minimalism, the philosophical understanding that nobody really actually possesses anything. You don't own shit. There's nothing you have that cannot be taken away from you. And if it can be taken away from you, then you don't really have it. Even if it hasn't been taken away from you yet, if it can be taken away, then you don't really possess it. If it doesn't disappear the moment you die, then it was never really yours. People say, this is my house. Well, wait till the government decides that they want it. Then see if it's your house. People say, oh, you know, this is all my money in my bank account. Well, wait until there is an economic disaster and the government decides that they need half of your money like they did to the people in Greece. Let's see how much of it's your money after that. You say, oh, this is my car. Well, what happens when a thief wants to take that car? Are you going to wake up with a car tomorrow? Probably not. You think you own all this stuff, but it can be taken away in a second because the truth is you never really own shit. We don't even own lands. You don't own the country that you're in or the house that you live in or the land that you walk across. None of it belongs to you. If anything, the opposite, we belong to it. Nature decides whether we live or die. We don't own anything. So minimalism is really realism. Materialism is a delusion. To be attached to material possessions, to even believe the word possession has any meaning, is a delusion. You don't possess shit. You don't even possess your life because it can be taken away from you. Whereas minimalism identifies because you don't own anything, it makes no sense to be attached to anything. That you can enjoy things, use things, experience things, but ultimately not be attached to them. There's no benefit in being attached to them. Just suffering. Just depression. As things are taken away from you. Just anxiety as you worry about things being taken away from you. Just greed and neediness as you try to take things from others. None of these states are particularly healthy. None of them are the symbols of confidence. Yet being unattached, free, enjoying your life. All of these things require you to look at possessions of what they really are. Just resources, illusions, temporary states. My brother talked about this one as well. He, he sent me a frustrated Facebook message. And he said, my flatmates can't even clean the house. They say they don't have enough time. And yet I've got time to learn like two languages, do my job, do my hobbies, hang out with friends, cook my own meals, clean everything up and watch TV for ages. How is it that I'm able to do all this stuff and these people don't have enough time? 
And it's simply because of what he valued. He valued experiences. He valued doing important stuff with his time. Whereas these people valued stuff. And it consumed all of their time. They worked extra hours to build up more money so they could buy more stuff. So they lost all their time to their crappy jobs. Working for some asshole who makes heaps of money off them. And this is the problem with materialism. We become so obsessed and conditioned into believing that we need to possess lots of stuff that we give all the value in our lives to somebody else. We give our hours, any of you listening to this, who works 40 hours a week plus for some company that makes huge amounts of money off you and you only get to keep a fraction of it, you're cool with that? Because that's most of you listening to this. There is some fat cat, you know, I don't mean to sound like a communist, but there's some fat cat at the top of your hierarchy who does less hours than you and yet makes way more money because you're doing the work. You've given that person your valuable time for a very, very cheap price. And some of you work so many hours that you don't even get to spend the money you do earn while the person who's making money off you has lots of free time to play golf and do whatever they want. Now, this isn't like an anti-capitalist rant. It's just to understand that as a consumer, as a materialist, you sacrifice all the important things. For what? To stack up a bunch of possessions that you don't even really own and that you can lose at any moment in time. I always find the possession of property to be the most amazing. Like, you can buy a piece of land outright, and yet it's still not really yours. If the government decides they need to build a power line through it, You can't do shit, really. All they have to do is change the laws and it's not your house anymore. You never really owned it. You temporarily got to live there. That's all that ever really happens with possession of property. And minimalists understand this. They understand that attachment to property or working your ass off for somebody else's benefit is not the best way to live. I want to talk about specifically the effects on confidence. The more you own, the more it owns you. And that's like... Something from Fight Club, I think. The things you own end up owning you. There's a loss of freedom with every new possession that you acquire. If you get a job, you're suddenly less free to explore career options. You buy a car, suddenly you now have to park it and maintain it and pay for it. The car starts taking up your time and resources. You buy a house, it now becomes very hard to change where you live. You buy clothing, you feel compelled to wear it or at least store it somewhere so it takes up space in this house that you supposedly own. Everything you purchase takes up space. Space that now cannot be taken up by anything else. And you lose your freedom. You think about like, a great example for my own experience is my girlfriend and I usually, wherever we live, we try to create enough space for a dance floor because we're both dancers. And to do this, we have to have less furniture than other people. Because we need a space that's big enough for dancing and that's a space with no furniture. So if we wanted to have more furniture, we would lose our freedom to dance. Now what's more important, furniture or dancing? Everything you own ends up owning a piece of you. Your house prevents you from moving. Your car prevents you from walking. Your job prevents you from exploring what you want to do with your life. Now, it's not about not having anything. It's about knowing the sacrifice you're making. Everything that you think that you own, everything that you're attached to, owns you and takes up space. But you can take somebody who legally owns a house, legally owns a car, legally is contracted to a job, and yet is totally free. 
What's the difference? They're not attached. They're willing to walk away from their house. They're willing to lose their car. They're willing to get fired from their job or quit any time they want. That's the difference. So there's nothing wrong with having stuff except, of course, that being a normal human being and having a normal human brain will mean that as soon as you invest in something, you'll feel compelled to take ownership of it mentally. So one of the reasons that minimalists keep going on about getting rid of as much of your stuff as possible is because they know that just having it creates attachment. That even the most philosophical and confident person will still get attached to stuff that they have. They can't help it. It's human to want to retain your resources. We still have the same brain that comes from being in the middle of the food chain where resources are really scarce and we're constantly in danger. That brain works really well when there isn't many resources. You take what you can get and you keep what you've got. But we don't live in that world anymore. Not most of us anyway. Certainly nobody listening to this podcast. Anybody who is in a developed enough place to have the internet to listen to this podcast will do better from minimalism than materialism, in my opinion. That freedom will allow you to leave things. I, I've got a client, for example, uh, from Iran. You'd say, well, if you're going to use a country as an example of like need to be materialist, you might say somewhere like Iran. And yet if he was attached to being Iranian, if he was attached to Iranian culture, he would never have left. And yet he has left. He now lives in Australia and has an abundance of freedom that he never had in, in Iran. So there's really no excuse for being materialist, no matter how dire your situation is. Minimalism is still probably the most helpful mindset to have in terms of freedom and autonomy. It's also about decisiveness. The more you have, the harder it is to make a decision. The more you're attached to, I should say, the harder it is to make a decision. Because then you have to consider everything you're attached to every time you make a decision. If you're attached to your car, when you want to go traveling, you have to think, well, what am I going to do with the car? That's why I always have anxiety about driving into a city, because I think, oh, I've got to park this fucking thing. It's like the car's a hassle, like, ah, oh, I can't just go into the city and enjoy myself, I have to find a parking place in the city, because I've this car that's supposed to help me requires me to take care of it. It's like taking a baby into the city. So it becomes harder. Harder to choose whether or not to go into the city, where to go in the city, because now I've got to consider my stupid car and where it can be parked. It changes everything for me, and it slows down my decision-making because it's an extra variable that I have to consider. You know, somebody wanting to travel has to consider their house, their pets, their possessions, their finances. Now, somebody can still have all that stuff, but be unattached. But the less of that stuff you have, the easier it is to make decisions. You know, the kind of person who can just grab a suitcase and go anywhere in the world, that's a minimalist. Where if somebody came and burgled their house and stole everything, they'd just go, oh well, carrying on. And they wouldn't have to stop and think for too long, what the hell am I going to do? They'd be very decisive. Confidence is about values. You living by yours, having integrity. Values commonly come into conflict with things. You want to be honest, but you don't want to lose your job. You want to be courageous, but you don't want to risk your house... You want to be courageous, but you don't want to risk losing all your stuff. There's this constant battle when you're attached to stuff, where eventually it will become a conflict with your values. You'll have to choose between the stuff and the values, at least potentially. But a confident person will always let go of everything they've got. 
This is why I call my second book Nothing to Lose. As a confident person, really doesn't feel like there's anything to lose. That's why they're very decisive. That's why they know what they stand for. They don't hesitate to stand for it. They know the right thing to do in any situation because they have no burden. They've got nothing to lose. Where somebody feels like they've got a lot of things to lose. Relationships, their job, their house, their car, all their possessions, all their money. It's very hard for them to even know what integrity is. To know what the right thing to do is in any situation. That also has to protect all these things that they supposedly own and have. Makes it almost impossible to have integrity. That kind of attachment. And you're not adaptable to change. I mean, life's constantly changing. Anybody who's attached to the way their business is run is in for a shock as the technology industry constantly innovates. If you're attached to your job and your job requires any amount of manual work, you're in trouble because a robot's coming for your job within the next 10 to 50 years. To be attached to anything makes you unadaptable because you're not experimenting, you're not trying new things, you're not making yourself used to changing. So when the change hits you, you're fragile. I remember this one woman in this office that I worked in had a heart attack, literally had a heart attack because she was made redundant. That's how attached she was to her job. It nearly killed her to lose her job. And the funny thing is, she wasn't even really made redundant. She was restructured with a redundancy package. You know, she didn't even really lose her job. But the thought of having to even change slightly almost killed her. That's attachment. Whereas the unattached person would be finding a new job before lunch on that same day. Because they would be adaptable. They had the skills to find new resources. They have the skills to change. When you can't let go of things, you struggle to measure value accurately. Like the guy who neglects his children to make more money. Because of his attachment to money, he loses sight of the fact that his children are actually more valuable to him than his money. And it's actually more of a valued act to be a father than it is to be someone who earns. And he won't realize this until the children are in their 20s and no longer talking to him. And the relationship's soured forever. Because he can't let go of money. He can't realize what's truly valuable. And people are like this with possessions. You get these shopping addicts. They spend all this time trying to buy stuff. Losing friendships. Losing great career opportunities lying, being dishonest, they lose themselves in this materialism. If you're skilled, free, adaptable, your resources will never be limited. You'll never have to keep anything because you can always go find something else. What about relationships? I think the thing that gets most destroyed by materialism has got to be connections with other people. And yet the funny thing is, Great connections with other people is probably the best resource you could ever have. Think how easy it is to get a job when you know everyone and everybody thinks you're the fucking tits. You're much better off forming lots of connections with lots of people than you are trying to do well in your career and make heaps of money. Because you get two for one with the connections. And people become attached to relationships so quickly. Somebody will go on a date with somebody. And even during the date, they know that person's a bad fit for them. They still stay to the end. Every second you spend with a bad fit is stolen from a good fit. And it diminishes your self-respect. Notice how quickly you become attached to something. Just because you showed up for the date, you're attached to finishing it. You're already lost in it. 
somebody who start a new job, they realize within two weeks that they hate their boss and the job is unfulfilling, and yet they go, well, I'm here now. I'll give it a couple of months, which of course turns into 20 years. People don't realize how quickly they get attached and how quickly that destroys what's valuable to them. You are a result of the people you spend the most time with. There's that old cliche from self-development, and you don't realize you're attached to people who aren't good for you. I mean, how much time do you spend with people where you kind of just have to force it? Where these aren't the best people in the world. They might be your favorites, but you just thought, well, this is the best I can do. Rather than like, I'd rather be alone and spend time with someone who isn't ideal for me. Which is how a minimalist would look at it. They'd keep all their time spare for the great connections and not waste a single second on anything mediocre or terrible. And as a result, they might have fewer friends and do less things socially, but the meaning would be through the roof. They would be satisfied. As opposed to the social butterflies trying to get everyone to like them and has no deep connections. There's also environmental factors to consider. I mean, this is becoming a real threat for us. Human extinction has become an absolute reality. And while you can't do much necessarily as an individual about the corporations doing massive pollution and so on, consumerism is what keeps it all going. Without consumerism, all the threats to the environment disappear. Capitalism is this endless creation philosophy. You build things and you sell them even if they're worthless. It's about quantity over quality. Constant consumer model. Think of the factory that creates knickknacks and pollutes while all the people working there are dissatisfied and nobody even needs the things it's building versus a volunteer group that supports the intellectually disabled. I mean, which is more valuable? Which is better for the environment? The problem with consumerism is the equation doesn't work out well in the long run. Production overtakes resources. Eventually, there's a lot of crap out there, and there's no room left. There's no resources left. The forests are cut down. The oil is burned. We're all fucked. The fish are all taken out of the sea. Something like a third of all food in Western worlds goes to waste. Our portion sizes are so big that we can't finish each plate. This is consumerism. This is materialism. We eat more, we use more, we buy more, and so the factories build more, create more, sell more. It's supply and demand. The best thing you can do to prevent human extinction, to ensure that your grandchildren have a place to live, is just use less and do more. It's really simple. Unless you are currently underweight, you can probably stand to eat less. You probably don't need 80% of the stuff you currently own. And you can resell it rather than throwing it away. You can sort of deprive the factory industry. The thing is, this isn't a threat to the economy. Not really. Because we can go back to boutiques. We can go back where each person is an artisan. Selling a unique service or product that's handmade or hand-delivered. Valuable, it's meaningful. Everybody's got a wonderful, meaningful job. And yet we consume, what, 5% of the resources we currently do. It would take us more time to do stuff, but we would enjoy the doing the stuff more. It would be more meaningful to do it. And there's an illusion that we make good use of time. 
I remember seeing a study, I'd struggle to find the citation for it, I'm afraid, but it showed that the amount of time it takes the average housewife or house husband to do the chores today is the same as like 60 years ago before the dishwasher and the washing machine and the dryer and the vacuum cleaner or whatever the fuck was around back then. All these innovations that we have now have not actually given us any extra time. We just consume that time somehow with more bullshit. So we don't need to keep creating and buying stuff in order to create more time because we're not even creating more time. People are working more hours now than they ever did. And yet we have all these so-called resources and conveniences. It's an illusion. The conveniences are not helping us. We don't need them. You don't need to keep buying shit. It's amazing how long I've survived without a television. Before that, I survived without a toaster. I've survived without a microwave. I've survived without a dishwasher. And the funny thing is, I didn't have any more or less time. I just somehow adjusted to whatever I had and didn't have. And you're doing the same. Have a look at it. There was a time in your life where you had less conveniences than you have now. Most of the time, conveniences increase with age, just through technological innovation. Your phone, your computer, everything's fast, everything's easier. Do you have more time? Are you filling your time with hobbies and friends and everything more than you were before? Probably not. Probably the opposite. You've got more conveniences now, but you waste more time than you ever did. Stuff does not give us our time back because it's about mentality. The minimalism mentality will make the most of time no matter how many conveniences you have. Let's finish by getting practical. If you want to become more of a minimalist, without sort of feeling a massive deprivation and losing all the great things in life, there's some tips that I've found very helpful that I try to apply myself when I can. First one, throw away anything you haven't used in the last three months. And keep throwing stuff away, or even better, give it away to shelters, homeless, charities. Keep reducing what you have. Go through your clothes once every three months, anything you haven't worn recently, put it in a bag, take it down to you know, the Salvation Army or something. Let somebody else have it who can't afford clothing. I mean, clothing industry is one of the worst when it comes to materialism. The clothing industry is like destroying the planet with just endless, worthless crap. We need to be recycling. But anything you haven't used, even like cutlery, pots and pans, furniture... DVDs, do they even exist anymore? I don't know. Anything, just look around your house and go, have I touched that in the last three months? If the answer is no, find someone who needs it more than you do. Empty your shit out. Constantly look to declutter. You want to have as little stuff to think about as possible so that your mind is clear and you can be decisive and free. Quite often this means hiring rather than buying. A lot of people buy stuff because they think they're going to use it a lot but actually they never use it enough that it wouldn't be cheaper to hire it. Not only with hiring it do you get to spread the wealth and resources you have around people who need it, but you don't have to hold on to the shit. You usually don't have to maintain it either. And let's take a car trailer, for example. Unless you're a handyman or a tradesman, you're probably only going to use a trailer a few times in your life. So buying one is pointless. Just hire it, and then you don't have to look after it, store it, worry about it. Pick it up, put it down. I'm hoping that hiring becomes the main business model. Hiring and consulting. Hope that they become the main business models in the future. Rather than buying and possessing. And owning and employing. 
Another tip is to keep your contract short term. Whether it's a relationship or a business or anything else, try to keep the minimal amount of time obligation as possible. You feel like you need to do it for safety, like you need to marry the first person you love or you need to sign a 10-year partnership with your new business or whatever. It's, it's much better to keep it short term with constant renewal so that you're always free to just bail. So you're never stuck without meaning. In a more practical sense, in terms of what you do each day, try constantly practicing letting go of outcomes, which in other words means seeking rejection and failure. Give away your last piece of money to the homeless guy and then see how you can get home. Ask to borrow things from people that you know are going to say no. Constantly try to do something that's too hard to do. Get used to just not getting something, not keeping something, not having something, and surviving without it. So that you can prove to yourself over time that you, a unit by yourself, is all you ever need. You're like a Swiss army human. You've got all the bits that you need. You don't need to keep hold of anything. You you want to get to the point where one day you could just travel the world with just your passport. Because you're so skilled and so adaptable and so able to rely on yourself. That just you and your passport could travel the world. You wouldn't even need a job. Start trying to favor experiences over objects. So if you're, if you're buying someone a gift or someone's buying a gift for you, focus on experiences rather than things. Travel, fun activities, events, instead of jewelry, clothing, and electronics. Start using your resources to have better experiences. There's plenty of solid research to show that people who favor experiences over things have much higher qualities of life. And when you're not spending your money on experiences or using your time with experiences, use it for skill building, hobbies, classes, and education. Constantly try to make yourself a better person. I think it was Thomas Edison said the smartest way you could spend money is to pour it into your own head. You know, this idea that your self-development is the only thing that you're going to use resources for because you are the money. You know, you are the product. If you are a very, very capable person, then you don't need anything else. So why buy other things when you could be making yourself more capable? Make sure you learn how to cook. Go and do like hunting courses and like survival in the wild. Learn how to develop a big range of skills, both artistic and practical. Become such a skilled person that you could be dropped in any situation. And you're so used to learning quickly and adapting that you'll handle it. You'll find your need for possession is much less after you become more skilled. And the last thing I'll talk about is the 80-20 principle. Minimalism is about, really, it's not about less stuff exactly, it's about knowing the importance and the value of things. And the 80-20 Pareto principle is all about knowing that most of your output comes from a very small amount of input. So 80% of the good stuff happening in your life comes from 20% of your effort, is one way of putting it. Which means 80% of your effort is basically wasted time because very minimal enjoyment of life comes from it. And you know this. Think about how much time you scroll Facebook, you fuck around, you hang out with people who aren't a good fit for you, you do job tasks that you don't like. That's at least 80% of your time. The small amount of time you spend with people you love and doing great hobbies and learning new things, that's where the real quality of life is. So the 80-20 principle is about identifying those quality things and expanding them out to take up all the space. 
So by taking all those things at 80% of things that do not provide much quality of life and eliminating them, minimizing them, delegating them out, and swapping them for meaningful things, how can you get more dance classes into your week? How can you reduce your work hours so you can spend more time with your friends? How can you swap your money for skills? This is the 80-20 Pareto Principle. You can do it with your to-do list. Look at your to-do list, rank it from first to last in terms of importance, meaning, and value, and then try to only do the top 20% and get rid of the rest. Look at your calendar. Look at how much time is spent up on bullshit and try to replace it with good things. Look at your relationships. Who are you spending time with? And who would you prefer to spend time with? And if nobody is particularly valuable, then just delete them and create a big social space in your calendar to meet new people. Exercise. There are people who go to the gym for like two hours. Science will show you you don't need to go for that long. You just need to do the right exercise at the right time. Find out what that is. Overall, I've got to say this. Minimalism is one of the probably top five, at least top ten things that I embraced to build my own confidence. It's been there since the beginning of my kind of conscious journey to improve my self-worth. The old, very unconfident me was very attached to things and stuff. And the new me is willing to let go of just about anything at the drop of a hat. I'm even willing to let go of friendships. I could change my job, pivot onto something else very quickly. I've moved house so often I've lost count. I don't necessarily like letting go of these things, but I'm ready to do them. I'm free to do them as quickly as possible because I'm not that attached to them. I know that they're not what's important. Where I live is not important, but who I live with is. Hope you found this somewhat enlightening. I suggest you go to minimalism.com to learn about the greater details and watch the documentary. And I wish you all a great week. Cheers.